Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons and Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the GM. Come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits, and the all-around good time that comes with this great activity. The cast is From the Courts of Cush, a tiefling paladin named Akmenis. From the Spice Coast comes a human fighter named Odvik. An elderly knoll from Dabu, a Yamaja cleric of life, Oraki. From Parts Unknown, the Asmar warlock of the Starlight Court, Elbrum. Then there is Captain Deuteronomy's savior, the elf-marked wizard named Kalidus. And last, but not least, from across the Middle Sea is the human paladin named Kalin. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop. So that's the cast. That's the campaign. Now, good people, welcome to the show. In this episode, we return to the bridge that spans between the Hunt and the Pallet Court at the Blood Donation Kiosk. The Pallet Court remains closed. The vampires, they are asleep. The Grey Company ponders their next move. Kalen asks, Where are the armies? Why they no deal with the Tuscali? Akmenis asks, Why has the Council of Sand closed the Pallet Court? Oraki asks, What about Game Waset? Why was he watching us? Who sent him? En route to the jubilant Nargile, the Grey Company passes the home of Hakan Al-Karin Zmir Nil Mochatur, still closed with City Watch bindings. Elbrum and Kalidus are barraged with questions they would rather avoid. New members to the party equals gaps to the backstory. Why? Who murdered Hakan? Daryl was their slave? You don't need to know, is Elbrum's reply. The private eye, Uther, finds the Grey Company as they approach the jubilant Nargile. He is scared. Catfolk female mummies nearly killed him. A long ago deal, but not forgotten, forces Calidus to purchase an expensive cryptix. At the Wharf District's city guard office, Lieutenant Mehmet is convinced. It is time to find the Princess Karima. Do you want to know more? Then sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. We come back tonight and we find the pallet courts closed. We will immediately go to, we're five days late. It's closed. And if it's been closed by the council, mm. we're five days late. We were bringing the proof back. It's been closed by the, the council. We're too late. That's the end of that one. Tie it up in a bow. Throw that one in the bin. That's a failure. We didn't well, come back in time. They didn't get what they wanted. We're not going to go hunting we wouldn't go hunting to find the members of the pallet court to give them the evidence that we've got. We'll take the vial back, stick it in the, in, the, in the unit, and it'll sit on the shelf along with all the other stuff that we're going to sit on the shelf. 
and and then we will go off and do GFA or do Karina. Well, and here's the other thing too, and I think Kalen was asking this question once upon a time. He's like, with the Tuscali, where is the armies? Why aren't the armies involved? And I love that he's asking those questions. It's a good question because it's the same thing with regard to the pool of blood. Would the city send someone out there to investigate? Yeah. And that's a question, as a player, I, I think that would be something I would ask. We did ask that question. We, it, it did come up in a, maybe it was a conversation between you and I. Perhaps. I can't remember. I've had that conversation with somewhere along the line about why are we looking at these things? Oh, yeah, and it also came up in the, in the pyramid. So when we went to the pyramid for the GFA, why are we going? We asked the question, why don't you send the army out to get rid of Hazi? Instead of sending us, and the answer came back that once you go for outside Ciro, the city yes, walls, for Ciro, yes, yeah, once you go outside the city walls, really, there's not a lot we can do. Well, and the thing is, to me, a the army question, I don't think you've asked the right people to get the answer from my point of view. But with the pallet court, the, the pallet court did hire you to go and deal with this thing. Yeah. So that the council closed them was a consequence of something. Why did they close them? The pool well, of blood seems to be again, the popular thing, and this is the council. It, but but from our point of view. We were sent. We had to come back by Friday. It's now Monday. It'll be Monday night before we get to see them if they show up. We've missed our deadline. If the council was going to close you, if you didn't have a, an answer by Friday, then the council did what they said they were going to do, close you down. Then they're the consequences of failing to come up with an answer as to why you're not involved with the pool of blood. And the council's drawn a logical conclusion. There's this big pool of blood sitting there. You guys are responsible for it. Prove that it's not. We have the vial that says that it's not human blood that this is, you know, this is not real, came from some blood elemental that was living in a stone. That's fine, but it's not going to... It's too little too late, I guess. And so from our point of view, we actually... While I, while Calidus is concerned about what's going on at the upper levels in terms of the council, I don't think that, that he is in a position where he can sway the others to say, we should seek out the vampires to tell them this is what we've got, or we should seek out someone on the council to tell them that this yeah. is what we've got. And even if we attempted to do that, we yeah. already know that we are so far down the pecking order that there's no way we're going to get anyone on the yeah. council anyway, yeah. even, even if we used all the contacts we had. Yep. So you arrived at the pilot court. You met with Berrien. He asked you if you're going to volunteer some more blood, lets you know that it's closed, that you need to return in the evening because there's no one there who's going to attend you. Again, this is another failing on my part. Well, actually, there's a couple of things that I wanted to get in. A failing on my part in the sense that he was not a guard. So although he was saying that you won't be able to talk to anybody, you still could have gone in. We it's just that you wouldn't, you wouldn't have met anybody. Like the, even the Crimson Nib restaurant that was inside the pallet court would still be open. It's just that if you look, were needing to speak to any of the court from the vampire point of view... We see him as a guard. We don't see him as a... Uh, yeah, he's not a guard. We don't see him as a volunteer standing outside. No. We see him as the person that's standing there with a tent... No, that's the no. tent that you walk through to get to the. No, he's the he's only court. there. So from my, I put uh, the. And I think the, also the connection between you know, he's collecting the blood for them to feed on, so therefore we don't see him as a volunteer. We see him more as a uh, an employee, someone who says you yep, can and cannot he, go. That's, that's what he is. He's entirely an employee, and he's at the very front because it's all about get in, give your blood, you can go. And there's another kiosk that that you guys haven't seen yet that is actually right beside the docks on the pallet court because it's all about if people come donate blood make it as easy as possible to donate blood do the contract donate the blood so but anyway w one thing i forgot to mention court, so now we find out the pallet court's closed and we'll find that out the next episode and there was another closed thing too permanently coming back 
is there was, I, I forget who asked the question, as you guys were about to leave with Captain Bubbles from the village, someone else had also asked, oh, what about Kane Wasset? Yeah. And there was no Kane Wasset. Yeah. So that was one other thing that had been asked that and, it, and it's again, relevant in some point because and, I'm mentioning and again, it. <laughs> on the list of things, scoring from 1 to 10, Kane, he's a 1. Yeah, who the hell um, is he? What the hell is he who doing? Is he, who sent him? Why is he watching us? And the, and, and the cowardice position is he's been sent to watch us and to help us if, when, if he needs to. He's sent by a third party. Who knows who it is? Probably connected with the either he's been sent as a, you know, a backup to the pallid court, so they've sent him, or he's been sent by the Council of Sand. There could, for example, be a friend on the Council of Sand, so if, someone who's friendly to the, to the vampires, who is, is wanting to make sure that if the, who is it, the vizier? If yes. the vizier keeps pushing against the vampires... Vizier Panishar. Yeah. If Panishar pushes against the vampires, then... That person is going to be able to turn around and say, "Well, I sent my own person out to the to have a look at the blood lake. He watched what they did. This is what they did." Mm-hmm. And so again, we go back to the reinforcing. Well, not so much reinforcing, but if there is a split and it's along these kind of lines, there will be other people on the on the council. You know, I can't imagine they're all against the vampires. All I can say is it's an interesting line of of thought, but that's not right. Anyway. Yeah, but it, it does, once again, in, in, it, it does present the possibility of course. so that you don't just leap of to course. the conclusion. I mean, that, that's the whole point is, well, why the hell was he watching you guys? That, yeah. that it's clear that he's watching. You're now very Have clear. Have told that yeah. by Fatma, she said yeah. that he's watching you? Well, and, she, and, and, and by, by meeting her very clearly, you, you realize yeah. that you were traded yeah. vision with her. So anyways, you Fatma's leave. The, also on the list. She's a one, got no idea where she came from or what she's doing. She's out there because she was called there. Yeah, right. What's her Do importance? What's yeah, her relevance? Yeah, and this is a lady that can that that has a, an ability to understand the real stones, mm-hmm. understands that, and probably could understand why Calidus glows in the dark. Yep. Except you're not glowing anymore. Nope. The other thing is, is you guys then leave the pallid court and you decide that you're going to head. You, you're going to go look for Uther. And this was one of those points where I did do the bit of, okay, you guys remember you told Uther to meet you at two possible places. And then you guys say, oh, yes, let's stop off at the Jubilant Nargile. Maybe he left a message for us. Did and we, on the we way, started, did we... you passed Hakan's house. Yep. Kalidus says, let's stop at Hakan's house. Maybe Daryl's there. So yep. you guys get to the front so, door. So some of the, like, there is the big list of the 60 things that all Raiders are one. If the opportunity presents itself, then there may be a look at it. But again, when you, as you go through this scenario, you'll see it's not a big look. So yes, we get to Hakan's house and... We also at this point too, again, more game filler because the guys want to cross, even Oraki wanted to cross right through the hunt. And you guys are like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. We're not going through the hunt. And this is common knowledge wise... Bloop, bring up the hunt is it's an area that there's nobody lives and blah, blah, blah. And couldn't figure out why on earth we were going near the hunt anyway because by my because you're map, you're hoofing it you hoofed it back to the next island according to my map we didn't actually it doesn't actually go near the hunt oh no the hunt goes into the peninsula so is it the, all the, the all the perfume districts are all the islands yeah and then there's this peninsula is part of the hunt because oh, once upon so a time I thought it's got the pallid court in it is part of the hunt no the the pallid court is like another right small island just off the edge. Okay. Yep. Okay. I, I don't so know. yes, because it's not clear on the map as to how far no. the hunt goes. To me, the hunt's further across to the east. 
Yeah, and I, I, I originally, uh, I remember in the very first uh, campaign when we were doing this, I wasn't sure about that, and then so I did quite a bit more reading too. Yep, yeah. hunt is all oh, the way yes, up into that peninsula. We have walked around the edge yeah. of the hunt. Yep. To get back to... And you stop at Hakan's house, and you're at the front of Hakan's house, and Calidus is, and there's the illusion police tape crossing the door, and Calidus is... I'm going to have a look. Let's go break in. And everybody's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, he start with, let's go break in. He said, let's go have a look and see if Daryl's here. Oh, I thought you said, let's do a beanie. No, um, no, that was after he found out the door was locked. Yeah, the door then was you locked. Said, let's the door break was locked. In. That's right. And everybody's like, no, 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 no we don't care. So, <laughs> and again, you see, this went around scenario. to the back end. We don't care. So, again, the grand list of 60 items. Oh, it's are. because this is a one. And the other guys go, we don't care. We're honourable people. We're not going to cross the line. But it was beautiful. Like, what do we do? Elbrum and Calidus, their explanations about Hakan oh, and all this, the hidden innuendos that were going on. The people are like, what? what? So who died? How did he die? I don't know. Something happened. He died somehow. It was a murder. It was a big thing. Because all of a sudden, the guys are like, why are we going here? And like, oh, yeah, we've been here before because a guy died here. Oh, he died? Yeah, he was murdered. He was murdered? And then... <laughs> It was, that, it was only did at not that point that Calidus, It was only at that point when Calidus says the guy died here and then went, oh, he was murdered. And it was like, yeah, when you're in a hole, stop digging. Yeah. And he just, <laughs> yeah. This, this should be, I say, after we'd gone around the back and found out that the, the doors are locked and there's no sign of the Daryl's in there. We'd come back out the front and we said, and they said, why are we here? And it's, we're looking for Daryl. He used to live here. This, he used to live here before he was killed, before the He's owner murdered. was killed. And then it was like he was murdered. And then it was like Daryl used to live here. And all of Dar- Daryl's oh, yes. siblings and then, and were then, killed as well. Yeah. And that's how we got Daryl. Yeah. And at which stage, everybody but Calidus, Calidus realizes that he's digging a deeper and deeper hole. And then Elbram launched in with... I forget what he launched in with. I, I, don't, th- I don't think he, he... It was a, you don't need to know. <laughs> or something like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. It was beautiful, though. I, I really liked it because they were genuinely role-playing. Like, what do you mean? What happened here? They wanted to know. And like the Daryls, like, I'm just like more than one Daryls, brothers and... What? They didn't question anymore. Okay, there was more there. Like, at the, And it was, it was at this point that we'd done this, we had this conversation, and that Elrond's killed Hakan and disfigured him and all that kind of thing. And we wiped out Daryl's family and a few other people on the way through. And one of them turns around and says, the only two people that know what's going on and they're not telling us what's happening. And it was at that point, it's like, oh my God, yes, we've just done exactly that. And we've done it in the process of role-playing it. And we've done it to our own team. But even so, when you look at what we didn't actually tell them, the amount of detail they didn't get about Daryl's brothers and what happened afterwards and how he came to work for us, all that kind of stuff, and that we took him you away from there. You glossed it over all We it. just glossed straight over the top of that and said, yeah, yeah, unimportant. From their point of view, it's incredibly yeah, important. Yeah, of course it is. Because they're the part of the team and they want to know what's going on. And again, it, it comes back to And it ties of, into the Grimalkan Eye, which yeah. ties into who is Karima and why do you have a relationship with, with Karima? So I was just sitting there and I was... You must I have heard that, me laughing in the background because I was just, yeah, at one point, I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't hold it back. Yeah. And I think the issue with this becomes that given a sufficient time, you would sit down there and you would walk through. This conversation with them in, in real-time terms would probably take four or five hours. It would be one of those things that you would sit down and you would, you would have to keep filling in bits like, why Hakan? What, what's it got to do with him? And 
Wigra Mulk and I, and then you've got to do all that, and then that would then lead on to going down into the into the river, the river of sand. All that stuff would come out, and to and and that would then give them the complete history. In fact, thinking about it, it'd probably be more like an eight-hour conversation. Well, and the nice just thing to is, fill though, in what it was that well, we had done in the last, I, I, and, and then I, they would know exactly what was going on. And to be honest, I was hoping you guys would do a little bit more than gloss over it because I wanted them to see that all of this is a cohesive story. None of it is just unrelated everything is related to what, what you guys are now and what you're doing i think part of what happened was that that my response was immediately they wanted to know all this stuff and mine is like yeah right you know we killed him thanks move on that's the cowardice response it's not so much they don't need to know it's more like this isn't the time and also there was this i kept looking at it in terms of where we are now during the day and where we have to be tonight so whatever it is that we do this afternoon, and given that we're off looking for Uther, then it's, it has to be done relatively efficiently and relatively quickly. And having a long conversation isn't going to fit the... No, because you want more action to happen to progress the story because you're very aware of where things need to go. And yet... And at this point in time, Calidus is very aware of the timeline. It's Monday. We should have been there Friday. We need to not get distracted. This has to be done tonight. Because we're already three days late. And, and, and the thing is for me, like from Caelan's point of view, the, the little bit that you guys did give has to be enormous to him because he's just like, because he came in at the pyramid and he came in with, you know, holding on to the withered hand without really knowing any of the context why. I mean, he didn't know all of the story hmm. or the, the things that had brought you there. He knew that somehow Elbrum was related to something that was happening, but everything else before, you know, he, nothing there. So he doesn't have any of the context. And he... For someone, did Araki was Araki there? When Oraki we, was there. Oraki, she, she arrived basically after your first visit to the Growling Sanctuary, where you guys triggered a trap and no, no, Saber. No, she wasn't at Hakan's though. Nope, she was no, not at Hakan's. Neither to, was Saber. To her again, it was it, completely this new. Is all new. Yep. Yeah, yeah, She's only aware of it because she's listened to some of the podcasts. Yeah. So. Anyways, you guys start having that conversation Here's as you walk to the Jubilant Nargile. This is the conversation. Guys, go back and listen to podcasts one through to five. You'll pick up all the history. <laughs> We're not going to have the conversation. You can just look into <laughs> But I, I, I think to me, role-playing it is so much better than listen to the podcast because the fact is is that you get more. And and to me, that role-playing, it, it adds to the immersion. I know everybody wants to rush. Let's get to the next point. But the role-playing thing is, to me, if you guys sat there for two hours and just role-played the whole business where they're asking questions... Why not? I think that would be an interesting yeah, episode. Look, and, and we would do that if, it, if there wasn't the time constraint that we've got now. And given the constraints that we've got now, the, the, the pallet court constraint, the GFA and the Karima one, there's no foreseeable, True enough. There's you, no you, foreseeable you do, gap. You, you do, let's move, let's move, because we, yeah, we do you need, have, you, have, you know, you're trying to rescue Karima. The, the paladins, yeah, the paladins, for but example. But from your... Uh, 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 you know, if she's... How can you, how can you not put her yeah. as the number one priority? Yeah. And the reality is, is you guys have... All you know is that from the information that you've got at the moment is that she's been captive for at least three days. That's all you know at the moment. Or in we, fact, we no, at, at this moment, you this don't point, even know we that. We haven't been because in the alley. That's right. So you guys are heading towards the Jubilant Nargile, and then some guy in an alley is like, hey, psst, come, come over here. And so this guy's been waiting for you guys, and then he takes you deeper into the alley, and there is Uther waiting for you guys, and he's clearly been camped out there for a couple of nights. And so you guys are start asking the questions, and Uther is like, "All right, I went to her office. It had been ransacked." So he's like, "Well, 
I knew that she has a relationship. I mean, the gossip around is that Abdul Haq has had a thing for her. He's killed some of her lovers and eaten them and whatnot. So I went to go do a stakeout of his place and with the intention of entering the place, but he needed to stake it out first to make sure that it was safe. And during the evening, he watched as two mummies entered the building and did something, and then they ex exited. He followed them, and they, and they were aware that they were being followed and almost got him. And so then he basically been hiding out for the last couple of nights, waiting for you guys to return to provide his report. And after he's given you his, his report, he's like, all right, ciao, guys. I'm going, uh, I'm hiding for a while now until things blow over. And, and we look at this, and this makes perfect sense. So this ties everything up in a bow. We know that Abdul Huck's got the hots for Karima. It came up earlier. It was on the list of the 60 things. This is what he wanted. So we are more than happy that this is the solution. Abdul Huck's got her. We now know where she is. All we've got to do is go and take And I think you guys originally learned that was, I don't know if, if Karima admitted about Abdul Haq or if it was when you were with Mistress Henna that, uh, that admitted, told you about that relationship. Because I, 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 I remember that remember you guys either. were going looking for the scholar and you had gone to his house and met the crying woman who told you that he was dead. Then you went to the library because you found a book to try mm -hmm. to find his location. And Mistress Henna was with you because she then went with you to the the main the temple. temple in order to get the the papers the, the papers that you paid off for in my mind i think it was mr sander that told you guys that abdul Haq not sure. has been interested in karima but i can't remember entirely anyway ways anyway the kidnap the kidnap's perfectly plausible and works really well and well, we end up at the cafe you do end up at the cafe you meet up with astra the owner again and she's so happy to see you but of course she's like where are the elves she wants to know because she, she had a thing for the elves. And I don't know if you guys remember that or not, but she had a fascination for the elves. And so, of course, that was the first thing that she was after. What about the elves? And, of course, the other guys are like, huh? What elves? <laughs> what are you guys talking about? And, and then again, you go back to, well, lost. in a card's house, there were two elves who were ransacking the place while we were upstairs busily killing and dissecting him. Yeah, so. Well, in fact, it was uh, Morden who did the killing stroke of Hakan. That was that brilliant bit of, yeah, yeah I don't kill anybody unless I get paid. And then Elbrum <laughs> flicks him a gold piece Bang. and catches the gold piece and puts the dagger in the guy's That's head. The end of him. And I was just like, that was just so <laughs> fluid on how that happened. I was just like, I, I wasn't going to retcon any of that. I was just like, all right, that just happened. You guys just killed Hakan. <laughs> yep. Well, it, it went just, it just, that's how. It, it, that's, that's it what, just, when you it, put it, it in character, so that's exactly fluid. what it, they it would just, do. It, it was so fluid. Just, just one, of, my one favorite, of those moments that just yeah. comes together. Yeah, it was, it was one of, one of my, still one of my favorite moments is when that happened. It yeah. just, it just tied together so well. Oh my God, you've killed. Yeah. So you met with Astra and she's, she's like, and I've she's been waiting for you guys to return. I, you guys had asked me about what, well, it was the elves that asked her about acquiring a cryptics. Yeah, and so she had acquired a few of them, and she had acquired it from someone who was part of the Crimson Paw, and it wasn't easy for her to get. She's been waiting for you guys to come back because it, it was very expensive to get this stuff. And I think Calidus was guilted into it. <laughs> he bought one. Calidus, is uh, I just loved it. Well, it was I, great. Again, you, you, it's an ethics thing, isn't it? I mean, again, we are ethical people. We've made the deal. We stick to the deal. Calidus hated giving up. 150 gold for yeah, that. Yeah, it was a big that bit. That was a big bite. Yep. And you couldn't remember what the deal was that the elves had made yep. to, to get one of these. It was because the elves were always and interested into the, the right Crimson price. Paw. And so th they had thought that 
any way of passing information away in secret would be a method that would yeah. be good for them to find a way into the Crimson Paw. Yeah. So the cryptics was just uh, a, something that they saw as of, of value. So she acquired it for it, and, and I've been waiting forever for you guys to go back so she can be like, well, I got the cryptics. Which but, is great because we're going to take the cryptics down and flog it to someone for 75 gold to get our money back because we don't want it. She told you that. And she doesn't really nothing. have any messages because at the end of the day, she's like, should I be looking for, out for someone? Nobody's dropped off any yeah. messages. So clearly none of the people we said go there and do something. Have, have had a chance. So we then trotted off to... Because, I mean, the, the people who you've told, well, Karima is one of them. Mistress Hen is one of them. Onka is one of them. You Sweet... would have thought Onka would have somehow gotten contacted. Except Onka now. is... Where is she? All, all you know is that you went to uh, the bar where she said she was going to be, and the owner, who is a tiefling doesn't know where she is. All she knew is that mentioned something about the dogs of Bastet and she took off at a run and that was it. Sweet Hannah was the one that was you met in the mortuary and you took her out inside the coffin so that she mm. wouldn't be visible to the, the imp that mm. belonged to Abdul Haq. Uh, she was killed, murdered. So she was one of the ones. Onko is one of them. Karim is one of them. And Mistress Hannah, you, you don't yeah. you guys don't know anything about what happened to Mistress Hannah or where she is yeah. since your last with her was... We'll just keep telling people to leave messages there. Eventually, I might get a Mother's Day card or something. Yep. So those are the only four people that, that I can think of that you've said specifically go there. And, and Uther. And Uther was... He was there. And he spoke to Astra, and then he knew that this was See, the right if place. If we had a Daryl, we would just say, go and leave a message with Daryl. <laughs> Daryl would write it in chalk on the wall, and we'd be okay. So they're like, Daryl who? So you, you met with Uther, you met with Astra, and then the next thing was... All right, we've got to go to Mehmet. Lieutenant Mehmet. So eventually you got down. So in fact, there was, I did mention that as you were at the pilot court, at the entrance of the pilot court was a city guard office. So you did go there and you're like, we want to talk to Lieutenant Mehmet. And the reception's like, well, he's out at the wharf district. Yeah. Their office. So you head back and you eventually get back to the wharf district office. And when you get back there, you learn a few new things. You learn that. So Lieutenant Mehmet's there. He has gotten. He's been working with the lieutenant from the district of the Hyena, looking for Mistress Hannah. But at the same time, you've also learned that the lieutenant at the district of Hyena has got a, another concern. Uh, someone is murdering the cats in the district, which is a big faux pas in the city of cats. Because per Bastet, goddess Bastet, is the god, her symbol is the cat. Mm. On the list of 60 things, had a, another number one, who's killing the cats? Yep. So that every, that is got her occupied. Every but at the same time, that we do every episode that we do. I've always added another five rating one items to the list. But anyways, you met Lieutenant Mehmet when you guys left and had you guys' conversation before you left the apartment to go to the pallet court to deal with their item. You guys discussed what are we going to do with the sanctuary. So Mehmet and and Karima said, "Well, we will watch the sanctuary." Onka took off to go and watch Abdul Haq. And then you got even a message from Mehmet as you guys were leaving on the sand ship that he was watching the entrance. Here he's like, I watched it for a day and a half. And then I was trying to get in touch with Karima and I couldn't get in touch with her. I couldn't get in touch with her. I went to look. Her office had been ransacked. Something's going on. I returned and I started setting up and engaging my people to look for her. So ever since he's been looking for her. And that's pretty much... Except for one thing, and that is that he's been looking for her, and when we told him that we about Abdul Haq having him, and because he kidnapped yes. her because of the love affair and all that kind so of thing... He didn't see the connection. He said, no, that's, not, that's highly unlikely because 
the when they steal things and when they do this, they don't make a mess. They they don't make a mess, and they, otherwise they would have been caught. So this business of ransacking, he didn't see why would Abdul Haq ransack her office. That Abdul Haq had had a secret fondness for her has been something for a while. And then I think that there, yes, there was something where someone I did like a, an insight check or or something where yeah. I did remind them. Oh, I think it was Oraki. Because you guys are like, what? What was the connection? What was the connection? And Oraki was like, well, we did go and send that clockwork body with five calling cats in it to Abdul. And this was the connection place. between. And again, you look at that. That's the connection yes. between why are the Withering Sisters going and, and breaking into his house, and that's why right. is there the commotion? Of course, there is. And Karima has the Grimalkan eye. So the first thing yeah. one of you guys asked, well, what a Grimalkan eye? And Mem was like, don't worry about that. That is well hidden. There's no way they would have found that. Yeah. So, so now you've got this scenario, okay, well, the, the sisters are there trashing the place. Part of that didn't make sense because the sisters, knowing that's where the calling cats are, are not going to leave until everyone's dead or they're dead. And we know that from the previous, from what happened you, at well, Khan's place. Well, you guys had gone to Abdul Haq's the very first thing before you went out to the sand because you were looking for him and you're yeah. trying to decide on what to do. And Akmenos went to the very top floor and took a look through the windows on the top floor because the second floor has no windows. And the, the third floor, the windows are so frosted over from the inside that you can't see yeah. through them. So he looks through the top windows and everything, nothing looks out of place. Mm. So that's all you know. Yeah, and we don't, we don't actually know if the chaos that was coming from the house was because Abdul Haq was there and he was having a blue with them. That's right. Because there was not, nothing to lend itself to that or they were just trashing the place. You don't know. And again, if they were trashing the place to, to find a calling cat... You would have thought, okay, we found it. Well, the calling cat is like their GPS. You know yeah. that they've got an object that allows them, because you found the object inside when you were down in the sanctuary, the object yeah. that the calling cats are connected with, which you left. And that object allows them to know where any one of those calling cats are, yeah. so it allows them to find it. So, But that doesn't tell them where the Grimalkanai is. No, and I, and I guess, but they came back twice, and I'm trying to put together a scenario why they would come back for the second night. Because Uther said, I was there night one, they came, I was there night two. And the only solution I've come up with is to try is a technical solution, and that is that the there were multiple calling cats sent back. I think there were two. There was five that you put inside so the body. Five in the body. Yep. So five of them have gone back to Abdul Hack's place. And assuming that he has not kept them all together but has spread them around his house, that the head of the sisters who holds the tracking device has said, one of them is here, go and get it. They've gone off, they've got it, they've trashed the place to find it. As soon as they find one, they've got I've got it, they've come back. And then she's gone, there's still another one there, go and get it. And they've done the same again. And we'll continue to do that until I get all five. So originally you found one calling cat that was on Sweet Hasna's body, mm. and she was murdered. That calling cat eventually went to Karima. Karima then gave it to Mehmet, and Mehmet took it to the pyramid and dropped, and it, dropped in. it in the pyramid. Mm. And later on, this is where you were missing... Mehmet, or, or sorry, when you guys met Hate in the bottom of the pyramid, she'd mentioned that she'd bumped into the, the sisters. They'd come by. So clearly they'd followed the calling cat to the pyramid. They followed the calling cat to Sweet Hasna. They followed the calling cats to Abdul Haq's place. And they'd fo- even Kareem had told you before that the ghasts had been at her house when she was still holding the calling cat and came to her place as well. So you knew that they'd gone there as well. We actually don't know what they do other than act as a tracking device. So we don't know 
for example, if I'm if I put myself in the position of being in charge of them, I give it as a gift to someone who wears it as a necklace. Do I then send out my team to kill the person that's wearing that particular one? Uh, what do I do? You know, why is it there? It's it, and again we look at the they've gone out. If it's just a tracking device, it doesn't have an instruction that goes with us. It's just this is where I am. So the whole thing's a bit. And that's just it. So at the end of the day, the mummies want the Grimalkanai. That's yeah. that's what they want. How do they find it? The only thing that they've got in order to get it is they follow the calling cats. But they need to put the calling cats on the people that they know are involved. Well, they don't know anybody who's involved, right? The thing yeah. is, is they've got to come and, and find the them. And the calling cats aren't linked to the Grimalkan eye. Nope. So you've got a, an object here that's a, a receiver and 10 miles away from yep. it. You've got the, the Gromolkan eye. Well, so do, the do you remember thing. the very first ghast that you guys met, that you guys at used at Hakan's house? Mm. And do you remember some of the conversations you had there? No. Because he came in, he was very clearly talking about how he was working for the sister and he was looking for the object. Good. I'm happy for him. Yep. <laughs> and you guys lied through your teeth and then you guys killed him and used him as part of the deception that he was responsible for the death of Hakan. Yeah. That was the, the and you guys did really, really good performance and everything like that, the disguising to make it look like yeah, painting right. the scene yeah. that he was the reason for all the carnage in the house. There, there still isn't this, this nice connection between calling cats nope. and, and what their use is and how nope. they work. Yep. But anyway, we know that the other thing that came out of this is that, the, that they don't make a mess. And Mehmet is pretty convinced that Abdul Haq doesn't have. Well, he, his point. Well, he was making the point. Well, why would Abdul Haq go in? You guys were saying it's Abdul Haq. He went and kidnapped her, and he was just like, "But Abdul Haq, we we believe that he is a strong arm. That is like uh, going out and saying we will protect you. Give us money, you know, protection money. So that that's their thing, and they have never been caught on it. So he Abdul Haq is not clearly not an idiot." that he has this reputation of killing off Karima's ex-lovers, that is gossip that everybody seems to be heard. So, you know, they know that. But they, so for him, he's just like, well, why would he go to her office and ransack it so openly to kidnap her? It doesn't make sense. So he, he didn't understand and that, that. And again, they don't make a mess. So when they do things on his instructions, they don't make a mess. It's not him. Right. Or, and at which point... What you, would, what you could turn around, you could say is, he could have kidnapped her. He didn't ransack the office. Yeah, so the that, point that's... was, he was like, what was his incentive for doing this? And this is where Oraki's like, do you think that it's related to, because we sent him those calling cats? So it's like, oh, hmm, yeah, maybe we did trigger something. He's got these calling cats, and you know that the mummies follow the calling cats, so all of a sudden he's got mummies at his door. What does that mean? Yeah, again, nothing. Not, well, you guys don't know. You... Haven't had a chance to talk with him. Uther doesn't well, know. We, Uther all just, know. All Uther did Again. is he observed them going into yeah. the house. He heard noises and angry ravings, and that's all he knew. He wasn't able to observe anything, and then he got the fear of God put in him, so he wasn't doing anything else. Except hiding. Except hiding. Hmm. And I love how the guys are like, so, so well, well you've all... earned your 50 gold, and I was sitting there thinking, really? Wow, you guys let him off easy. Okay, cool. Well, that was the deal. The deal was this is what you do. Find out what you can. And there's nothing in what he's done that didn't make sense. So his, his position is this is where it is. He's followed it up. He's watched. 
He hasn't actually seen Karima. No. Nope. Nor has he proved that she's dead. No. Nope. And I'm not sure that there's much to be gained by saying, oh, you got it wrong, go and do something else. Oraki then explains to Mehmet about his vision about the stone room, and Mehmet doesn't know anything. And you guys Can't asked a very it. good question. Is there like a counselor of architecture and stuff like this? And I was just like, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant question. Because to me, when you guys go creative like this and use your imagination, it helps stoke my own imagination about certain things that I would like to put before you to give you more clues to help you reach to another conclusion. So the more you guys use your imagination and engage with the NPCs, it gives me more ideas of, of things to throw out there that would you know tie a lot of this stuff up. Or at least that's what I hope. But I, I think I I do think that your guys' conversation with the other guys explaining about Hakan and the Grimalkan eye all of a sudden gave them a much, much broader picture that okay, oh, we're not just, you know, coming in here. There's a, a lot well, larger think, I don't think that gave them anything like that. You don't think so? No. I think that they are just as in the clueless dark now, as, as just before. as clueless now as they were. Because, I mean, it is true. We had that conversation. The only thing they do know... The only thing they know is that is we the, killed Hakan. Skull. Well, they know that Hakan, but I mean, from their point of view, in terms of coming into the game, the only thing that they know from a point of view is there's a Tuscali tie-in for, for all of them. Hmm. They come from different walks of life, but there's this tie-in. You guys still don't know shit about Odvik. You know very little about Akmenis. I still love that bit where the two, you and him both knew that the body in the hole was a Kajani. And you knew from your, your studies who the Kajani people were. And he, from where he lived, or where he, uh, well, that's probably too much of a giveaway, giveaway. But anyway, he knows a bit more. You can give away whatever you like now because... Yeah, well, he's... And we've had this conversation. He's, that's dump right. It, dump it now because... He's, he, that's right, because... It, it, it's it, history. It's history. He's from the jungles to the south. Mm. And in the jungles to the south... The story of the Green Walker would be just as pre prevalent as the Restless Prophet. So the Restless Prophet is the big dire camel that's walking yep. in Dabu's lands. Well, the Green Walker, in the jungles, there used to be the Kajani people that used to live in the jungles there. And human druids came and started learning some of the magics that the Kajani knew. And these human druids caused the birth of the Green Walker. The birth of the Green Walker was basically all of a sudden this huge chunk of the jungle came to life and it just woke up, it stepped up out of it and it created this huge crater and ultimately inside that crater a lot of demons started inhabiting. And the Green Walker has been walking around the jungle perverting the jungle. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the Kajani fled, uh, but those that were left were perverted. He comes from the jungle, from a city in the jungle, and a lot of tieflings started to take up residence in that area because of the connection between the demons that were inside that hole. And tieflings are a mixture of human and, and demons. So there's a large population of tieflings that reside in that city. Just like Elbrum is an Azamar. And Azamar have connections, an angelic connection. They live in a different part. In fact, they live close to where your home is, is where the, the majority of the Azamar live in the Southlands. So there's a lot of tieflings in this village. They know about the Green Walker. They know that the history that there used to be the Kajani people, and they know of, of the Vine Lords and the, the rumor that the Vine Lords are Kajani. So from his point of view, Kajani are, from all, all he knows is that they are evil because of the perversion that's happened there. So that he sees it Kajani is important to him because it reminds him of what he knows, but what's the relevance? Why is it there? And 
you guys don't have a clue yet. Again, on the list of 60 things, it's although, number one. <laughs> although Elbrum does have a leaf growing out of his wrist. That's yeah. what the only yeah. thing that came from that. Yeah. So uh, Yeah. And he doesn't seem to be at all concerned about that, so that's also a number one. Well, <laughs> the thing is, is he tried pulling it off, and when he tried pulling it off, he hurt himself badly. And so he was just like, whoa, Kate, I'm not doing that. So when you guys went to try to pull it off, he was just like, yeah, yeah, no, no, please don't. And again, if you put this in the context of where we are now, we get back to we have this whole pile of, of things that don't really rate. While the leaf is not an issue, it won't rate. At the point at which it becomes an issue, so when Elbrum has a reaction to it, then it'll be a problem. And, and Elbrum will again drop into the same situation of, do we care about it? Depending on where it happens. See, so this... if it happens in town and we're not busy, then we might rush him off to get it fixed. If it happens out in the desert, say, for example, if we're at the pyramids and we're trying to deal with the Hazi issue and he's got the leaf growing out and he's going to die, we're probably just going to deal with the Hazi issue and let him die by the side of the road. See, <laughs> here's the thing, though. This is where parts of where you, you guys are missing certain things. Like, for example, you from your studies are aware that the Kajani moved to the south. He as well, Ekmanis from where he lives, is aware of through direct history that yes, they did flee to the south. In fact, they're more aware that it wasn't just south, they moved to the southern fringe. But the only other time southern fringe has been mentioned is that when you were having a conversation with Lieutenant Mehmet, he told you that Captain Deuteronomy was from the southern fringe. All of that I don't care about. For the moment. Because <laughs> none of it has an impact on anything that we're doing at this point in time. For the moment. And again, we keep going back to the big picture. There's Tuscali and there's an issue with the council. And, and the new guys are sitting there you, going... You guys like, still don't I? have a clue yeah. what's going on. You do know that people were taken. At this point, you are a little bit more clear that they weren't killed, that they were taken. And conversation with, with Kaylin is that he's seen them. He's seen the rooms where they were stuck in the same resinous material that you found on the armor of the one, as well as that were the plates that they yeah. were using at the pillars. And he's seen them caught up in this resin and something had come out of their chests. Hmm. And it wasn't just humanoids, it was animals as well. Yeah. Why are they doing this? What is this all about? You guys still don't know. We don't know how to make a Tuscali yet. Or how the Tuscali, yeah, that's right. Yeah, how to Tuscali breed. Yep. Well, and although Fatma, again, Fatma, at least she gave you a bit more information, she, she at least knew how they, their raiding parties were and how their swarms were. So to me, when she indicated that three to five usually as a raiding party, that, well, that's what you encountered, was a raiding party there. And I, I like the selective memory that Kalen has because he was inside that thing. And so every once in a while, he's got a little bit of knowledge about what happened inside of those tunnels that he's at. And I can use that in terms of you, things like, you now remember this, you suppress this memory, but now you remember. Because he was in one of those rooms. He wasn't in a resin thing, but he woke up from his sleep. And why did he wake up from his no. sleep? And everybody else around him was still asleep. So that part he, he does remember because we, I very clearly told him that in text. But again, I can build from that what happened in those tunnels because the fact of the matter is, is from what you guys know, you don't know how long he's been inside those tunnels. Neither does he. Neither does he. No, not yet. Yeah. Not important. Survival. Survival. Part of it will be the things that are not important for the moment are the things that won't be important in the future. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, they may, it all depends all on what you guys learn and what directions you guys take. And I mean, for me... But it also depends on whether we remember them, whether we recall them. 
So while it may be important in terms of the story, from where we sit, anything that we don't consider important now, the probability that we'll remember it in six months' time well, uh, here, is, is he, very Here's the low. thing too, though. Like I've, I've seen and heard of DMs who are like, the world ends because the players, they didn't catch the clues and they yep. just did their thing and they had their adventures and all of a sudden the world ends. And they're like, what, yep. what the hell? So that is part of a failing of, of a dungeon master in terms of if you want them to do their own thing, fine, do their own thing. But you have to continually let them know that there's something bigger going on. And, and, and they see, have to see that. Now, yeah. if you let them know and you keep giving them clues and yet they still choose to go, I mean, that, that's just the thing. Is at, at what point do you start railroading because you do need, I think or that, do you railroad? I think this is a combination. The issue here is a timing issue. Is that the, the, it's nine months or six months or whatever it is. It's months that you play for, and in game time, it's two weeks. And so in game time, two weeks, you'll probably remember and... And when something comes up, you'll go, oh, I can grab that bit from two weeks ago and I'll remember that and chuck it back into the story. Um, in terms of real-time game time, for every session that you play, your notes get longer and longer and longer. And to memorise all the stuff that you've done early on and, and figure out which... Because you yeah. actually don't know that it's important no. until it Until all of a sudden... And this is what, when we talked about and early then, and on... And then to be able to turn around and say, oh, hang on a minute that bit that we were told back there, that was important. Well, and, and again... And you yeah, already that's, classified that's right. it. And you've already classified it as being unimportant. So because it's unimportant now, you've actually got to turn and go, oh, hang on, I made a mistake. I call it unimportant. It's actually important. You won't know you that until more than that. that's, that's just regular life. Yeah. And, and this is the thing too. Like this is why, I mean, we talked about it early on with this group that it was very so different from the previous group because you guys would remember stuff. And I, I was so happy that... Mm the original players and, and even these new players would remember stuff that clearly means that they're engaging. And, and you might I not know the importance at the moment, and it might all be a zero or a one on your priority scales, but at some point maybe it does. Yeah. And at some point maybe I, it's just related to, to your think, backstory and yeah. it will never see the light of think, day. I'm beginning to think that in terms of gameplay, mm. that there is a, a finite time frame at which point the expectation that a player will remember anything as zero. And so we're running it. When did we start? This campaign started, I think it was... July last year? No, September is when we started. September. Yeah. So it has been eight months. We're yep. about to hit nine months. Yep. And I'm beginning to think that, that nine months is too long. That anything that, that you bring up, you have to put a bow around it within six months. Because once you go past that time frame... Um, unless the, the the event that occurred is in that outside that six month period was so monumental. But the so, problem, so for example, the, the execution of a carton would be something that occurred outside the six months, and the detail of who killed him we remember, or we don't problem, remember. We know about how it all tied together. Yeah. Except the problem it, it with is that a, is that within Dungeons and Dragons, you how you gain experience and reach levels is basically either by encounters, which you are paid experience points post-encounter, and those encounters can be, whether they're violent or not, but you get experience points for everything, or milestones, which is what I've been using. You, yeah. you have to accomplish certain things before you, you are allowed to achieve that next level. The thing is, though, is that there's nothing that you guys have done that is going to get you guys to the level, the high levels, to be able to take on these big creatures at the end. And, I mean, 
from that point, mm. point of view, I mean, yeah, in nine months, if you found enough clues that could directly lead you to the Tuscali Queen and then do something, whether it's fight with her or become allies with her or become peons or whatever. Slave. Yes, that's what I'll do. Making all the right choices to go down there at a low level, the chances of you at a low level being able to get through everything that you need because... I'm, I'm, not, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, that the thing has to end in six months. I'm saying that, that any clues that you're given that are older than six months right, have to be fairly well embedded in snow. And if, if I'm rating it as a number one and it's nine months old and going, that's immaterial, then it needs to continually well, be reinforced in the gameplay. Like the Grimalkan Eye, for example, is continually being reinforced. It's continually being reinforced that we know there's a second part that we haven't found. Yep. And so, therefore, the Grimalkan Eye as a clue to anything else yep. is, is solid. But if you were to turn around and say, you know, what one of the Withering Sisters said when we were inside the tomb or the two people that we met inside the pyramid, they made this comment about Cobal paints himself orange and dances around gum trees, we would go, yeah, fine. And that would be the end of that. It would never come back again nine months later. And if it's a critical in yeah. clue and its importance doesn't show up until nine months later, then it's... But, yeah, and it's here's the thing too, though, is I can only... Like, there's a rule about trying to... The three-clue rule. Yeah. And I try to follow that, but... I can only use that so long as you guys are discovering relevant information from what you yeah, the decisions and that's you a make. Problem. That's right. So if you want to know more about Cobal, then you've got to be more focused on Cobal and, and doing searches for it. But when you decide to go to the blood pool, well, what's the relationship with Cobal? Is there a relationship? Are you going to find more information about Cobal on the search to the so, blood yeah. pool? Why? And to me, I'm like thinking, should I? But then it's starting to tie cobal into things that are not relevant to him yeah so there's so much i can do and it, it comes yeah. down to i sit there and i think a lot of these guys who do campaigns with professional dms a lot of them are this is the window of time that we've we're going to work in we're going to do this over the next year you're going to go from levels six to level 10 and then it's done yeah and it's linear this is an issue with something that's non linear yeah. and that after it's non-linear but there is a, a time frame in which a clue that is considered unimportant well, will be ignored. You know what? I, I should try to reach out to some of those guys and ask to see, like even in their settings, they've got to be introducing a lot of things. I know they work off of made modules that you can purchase, but I, I'm still curious then, do they are, are they uh, having to deal with how to make sure that players retain things? Do, do they set up something like on a web page or something that allows them a better way for players to recall I don't know that they do because, like, when I have looked I think, at their patron pages and stuff like that, I think if it, if it, if they are sending a defined time frame, that the defined time frame that they'll be working with would could be based on experience and history and knowing that if I play it for a year, and I and then what happens is that you will get wiped out. Well, that's that's a that's a lose. And if the reason for that is that either it was a year long or the bits they needed to know early on didn't stick and that's why they failed so yeah I, I don't know what the answer is no me I, neither. i'm just i'm just sort of throwing this out there no no that, and i, I understand what you're a... saying because you're, you're right after six months what will they retain unless it's it's really really re reinforced and the fact and, is and is if, that if players are coming and going then the only people that you've got to retain that piece of information 
is one of the players that yep. was actually there, yep. or worse still, the piece of information gets passed on to someone who remembers 80% of it. It gets passed on three times and all of a sudden you're down to 50% of what they needed to know. You'll n- and you can never go back and, and get it again. Yeah. So. yeah. And the thing is too is, is even if they listen to the podcast, do we actually give enough information to give the content? I think we probably do. I mean, we tend to talk about the sessions. Oh, there's quite, they're quite detailed, yeah. but the amount of effort that you would then have to put in in order to, just to catch up to where we are now, there would be um, 28 podcasts each lasting for an hour or so. You'd have to do 28 hours of work if you started brand yeah. new today. Yeah. I don't know that anyone's going to want to start from you know, 28 hours that far away to, to start picking up stuff and then writing mm-hmm. notes to pick up the important things as they go along. Yeah. They might listen to the last five, you know, but even then it's, you know, go listen to the last five hours of podcasts. You're right too, though. The fact is, is that writing notes is no guarantee of remembering things either. And, no, I, I, mean, I, I continually, saying... I continue. You'll, you'll, I mean, you'll hear me playing, and it's, and you know, and it will be Calidus thinks to himself while I scroll back through my notes to find out when did we actually do this and what did we actually do, and I am going back through pages of notes to find what it was. So when Fatma came up, yep. I'm actually scrolling through my notes going, where the searching, hell was... Searching for a Fatma. Finding a Fatma and yeah. did I spell it correctly and why can't I find it, all that kind of stuff. And things, I'm also finding that things that I thought were um, quite recent are quite old and some things that I think are quite old are quite recent. So the time, losing in the time frame where they actually are yep. also becomes an issue. When did we kill Hakan? Was it before we found the Vril Stone or after we found the Vril Stone, all that kind of stuff. Well, I'll tell you one thing for me when it comes down to notes. I've stopped doing a lot of note-taking within Fantasy Grounds because you can put notes in a lot of different areas and I tend to put like things into like an NPC as the NPC develops. I might put a little bit more comments in there, but it, everything is inside my Google Doc for our sessions. And mm. so, yeah, when, we, when you guys are like, Fatma, I think we've met a Fatma before. I was like, bugger. Because the yeah. name of that character was a random name generated That'll from that be, generator. Yeah. And I was like, in Google Damn. Doc, Control F, Fatma. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Fatma and Nahit. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that was the one I was looking for. Yep. It was, yep. And I couldn't find it. Anyway, that is probably good enough for, yep. for this session. Talked a lot. Until next week, guys. Thanks for listening in. Hello, good people of the interwebs. This episode is now done, dusted, and finished. I do hope you enjoyed it, and I'll be back in just one week. <laughs>